0: If you will turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1 is where we're going to be for the majority um, of our time today. And remember, I've, I've said over the last couple weeks, we'll be talking about some scriptures in which God is, has personally taught me some things. Um, through those scriptures and Galatians 1 is definitely one of those that not only just over the last few weeks has God taught me stuff through it over the last few years. This has been a passage of scripture that's been very helpful for me in my walk with the Lord and has honestly challenged me um, a lot with the idea of there are things that you need to change um, about your life. I think if you've been a follower of Christ long enough, you know that God is always teaching you and telling you that there are things you need to change in your life. And even recently over the last few months with this passage, that God has challenged me, there are some things that maybe you even need to cut out of your life when it pertains to the certain topic in which we're going to discuss today in Galatians um, chapter 1. One of the constant conflicts you'll see all throughout Scripture with with people and Jesus was that he was more focused on pleasing God than pleasing man. And it's really the topic that we're going to discuss today of is our life focused on pleasing God or is it focused on pleasing people? And Paul's going to tell us in Galatians chapter 1 it's either one or the other, it cannot be both, um, and that's one of the points that we will look at. And so, what Jesus did was that he was focused on pleasing God. The main reason he came, I believe, was ultimately to obey his Father, right? To please God. But here's one of the beautiful things that happened within that. Because of his obedience, what he did was he came and he loved and he served and he gave and he ultimately poured out his life and died on the cross for our sin so that we could have eternal life. And here's one of the good things that we're going to see in our lives. The more that I strive and the more that I aim to please God and not people, the better I'm going to be able to love and serve and care and give to people. One of the worst things that I can do is be so focused on people that I forget about God. But one of the best things that I can do is be so focused on God, I allow him to teach me how to love and serve and give to people. This is why it's so important for us to focus on God and the opinions of God and the opinion that God has for us. And one of the things that I think all of you probably understand is that everyone has opinions, right? Everyone has an opinion. All of you guys have an opinion. And and here's how I know you guys all have an opinion. Most of you are gonna get in the car after church today and you're gonna have an opinion about what just took place, right? You may have an opinion about a song, you may have an opinion about a person, you may have an opinion about the message. And I didn't really care for that one. His sermon two weeks ago was much better than this one. You've all got an opinion, right, about stuff. For instance, as well, I love to watch movies. I think movies, one of the best things to do is just sit down and watch a good movie. Um, I've seen some movies that I absolutely loved, and you go to the movie with a person, and they're like, man, that movie was awful. And you think to yourself, like, how in the world could we have watched the same movie and had two drastically different opinions about this. I have one of my best friends in college. I loved Endgame. I thought it was one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. He's like, no, nah, I didn't think it was any good. And I'm thinking to myself, like, my opinion of your opinion is that your opinion stinks, right? <laughs> we all have opinions about stuff, and we have opinions about people's opinions, and they have an opinion about our opinion about our opinion. It's just all kinds of it. It's a never-ending thing about opinions. And, and honestly, when we as believers focus our attention on making sure that God's opinion of us is way more important than anyone's opinion of us, it's going to able to free us to do a lot more stuff. Any of you ever just been crippled by someone else's opinion of you or someone else's thought of you? I have. I have. And, and here's why. I spend a lot of my week reaching out to people, serving people, giving to people. But a lot of my week is prepared, getting ready for this, of what takes place right here. And one of the things that, quite honestly, for a while, I think crippled me almost, was that your guys' opinion about what takes place in this 30 minutes was a lot of times more important than God's opinion about what takes place. And that's not the way it should be. When I get in the car, leaving church on a Sunday morning, I should should ask this question. Was God pleased with what took place today? Was God pleased with the the way that the message was presented? Was, Was it exactly what God wanted to be said? Not, was this person pleased by this? Or was this person pleased by this? Did this person think I should have gone over here? Honestly, what God wants us to do is if he's pleased by what's said and what's done, then a lot of times it doesn't matter what anyone else has to say about it. My focus is on pleasing God. My focus is on pleasing you guys. But again, here's the thing that I have found, is that the more that I am focused on pleasing God and serving Him, the better I'm going to be able to serve you and give to you. The the more that I allow God to change me and the way that I talk and the way that I speak and the way things are presented, the more that I allow God to do that, the better off you guys are going to be by that. But one of the worst things that I can do for you is care more about what you think than what God thinks. And it's the worst thing that any of us could do. We have to be more concerned about what God says about us than what people will say about us. And this is exactly what Paul was facing in Galatians chapter 1. Now he was facing it doctrinally, right? People were more concerned about what other people had to say doctrinally. And this is a large part of it and that we're going to learn from. Doctrinally, people had different opinions about things. And if you notice, our scripture reading said that, it used the phrase, you can find teachers who suit your own passions. Here's one of the things about where we live in America is that you can find a church, you can find a pastor, you can find a group of people that will suit your own passions more than the passions of God. That's a a scary thing to think about. Is that all of you could do that? So here's one of the things that I will tell you as Park Alliance Church is that we will preach from the Bible, we will preach about the Bible, and all of our source material that you hear from this pulpit will be from Scripture. And it will be presented in a way in which God wants Scripture to be presented. It will not be sugarcoated. And it will not be in a way to tickle your ears and to make you feel at times comfortable. But we will preach in a way in which we allow the Holy Spirit to work and move and convict if he absolutely needs to. And that's exactly the way that God wants his scripture to be presented. It can be encouraging and challenging and convicting all at the same time, and I think that's up to the Holy Spirit, how he speaks to your heart within those things. I've talked a lot about Galatians chapter 1 recently with, with someone who's is, who is a close friend, and a close friend to many of you, about a certain idea of the gospel. Most of you have heard the idea of the prosperity gospel, right? That basically God wants to give, and he wants to give, and he wants to bless you, and, and mainly in the sense of financially he wants to bless you. And I've had lots of questions asked by this person. Well, how do I answer this? How do I go about this topic? How do I? Here's what you tell them. That is a false gospel. That is a false gospel that no one is supposed to be a part of. And and here's exactly what he's going to tell us. And let's just read Galatians chapter 1, and you'll get that sense of this. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 6 through 10, and we'll pick up in some other places. He says this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Oh, that's, some, that's some pretty strong language there that Paul's saying and using. He says, we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So here's kind of what's taken place. There have been a group of people that have come into this church and started telling these people here at this church that you must be circumcised in order to believe. You must do these things. Salvation by grace alone is not enough for you. God now requires you to do this and to do this and to do this. And, And here's one thing I can tell you. If you really want to start making God angry, start adding to the gospel or start twisting his gospel to believe something that you want to believe. So there's a group of people that have come into this church and said, here, here's what you need to do in order to believe. Not only do you need to confess your sin and lay down your life before Jesus, but once you do that, here's some things that you need to do on top of this. They've made a man-made gospel. And here's one of the things that I'm fully aware of, is that if the devil can't get you to stop believing in this gospel, he'll just add to it. So, what he'll do is he'll take the gospel and he'll say, That sounds really good. But here, you need to do these things on top of that gospel. And this is exactly what these people had done. And so, here's what, what kind of language did Paul use with these people? I, I will not put up with it. Not only will I not put up with it, God will not put up with it. If you read the book of Galatians, this is really different than any other letter that Paul wrote to a church. Because usually, when Paul writes letters to a church, he's got a nice, warm welcome to it, right? He says, I've been praying for you. I thank God for you. God's been doing all this with you. When Paul writes his letters to the the church of Galatia, he's upset. And he's like, I can't believe that you guys have so quickly deserted what God had taught you, that you've started to adapt to another gospel. And he says, here's the thing that you need to understand. There is only one gospel. There's only one gospel. Here's the dangerous thing that this church started doing was that they were taking the gospel and adding to it, it undermines the grace of God completely. In our lives, when we ever teach someone else a gospel that you must do this and you must do that, you are just undermining the grace of God and you're almost completely doing away with it. The gospel isn't something that any of us deserve, and that's the way it needs to be preached. I don't deserve Jesus. What I deserve is death. Death. But Jesus loved me enough to come and die in my place so that I don't have to die and so that I can have eternal life. That's it. It's not, well, now you need to do this, and now you need to go to this place, and now you need to adopt this, and now you need to... Forget all of that. I have been saved by grace through faith. My life now belongs to Jesus, and it's all because of him. So these people had come into this church and started teaching a doctrine that was not of God, At all, And Paul was upset with these folks. One of the things that Pastor Tim said this morning in Sunday school, when he says that the Bible is always up to date. I wrote that down and it stuck out to me because I don't believe for most of us this is going to be an issue when it comes to the salvation by grace through faith. I believe this is going to be a bigger topic for most of us when it comes to certain topics that are prevalent in our world today certain lifestyle choices, certain things that go on in our world, this is going to be more of an issue for us that we're going to have to decide, how do I decide on these topics? How do I believe on these issues? Do I believe these issues based off of what Scripture has to say about these things? The doctrine that I believe, the theology that I hold to about certain social issues, do I believe what the Bible has to say about all of these things? And this is really where this started to ramp up for me because I preached a sermon about six or seven months ago about abortion. And I can tell you that if there was ever any feedback given about a message that I gave, it was that one. Most people don't mind when you talk about the love of God. But when you're starting to get into those type of issues, a lot of people have different opinions on them. And quite honestly, there are a lot of opinions that are based off of something else besides Scripture. All that needs to be given is what does Scripture say about this certain topic? And this is a really big deal. Because if I'm trying to please man, one of the things that's going to take place, and I'll go, well, I think people should be able to do this, or people can do this, people can believe what they want to on this. Well, I think what Paul would tell us here is, whoa, 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 you hold up for a second. That's not something you get to decide. You don't get to decide those issues. As a Christian, you don't need to tell people what you think. You don't. Because quite honestly, it doesn't matter. As a Christian, you need to tell people what God says and what God believes about a certain issue. And that's a very uncomfortable thing to do, right? Because I was hesitant about preaching that one. I've been hesitant kind of about preaching this one because I know what people think and I know what people say. And what God has taught me is stop worrying about what people think and what people are going to say. It doesn't matter. Am I pleased with you? God, I believe you are, then that's all that matters. Is God pleased with me? Is God pleased with my doctrine? Is God pleased with my theology? The Bible has the answers to every question I believe we can ask about doctrine, about theology, and about social issues that are taking place in our world today. And us as believers, we as believers, have to stick true to those things. Well, the Bible was written a little over 2,000 years ago. Yeah, and you don't think God was knowledgeable enough to know what was going to be taking place in 2019? Of course he was. So the things that he wrote down still apply to us today in 2019. Church, please do not compromise on those issues. Individual, Christian, brother and sister in Christ, do not compromise on those issues. God has been teaching me to stay firm in the faith, run the race, finish, and so that when I stand before God, Man, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, right? You've stayed true to the scriptures. You've done what I've called you to do. You've said what I've called you to say. You've stood before those people on Sunday morning. You've gone out into the community and talked to different people about different issues, and you've stayed true to what the Bible has to say about it. You didn't preach this theology of trying to tickle ears or to satisfy people or try to preach a message that may fill a place It won't fill hearts. Don't be focused on those things. Faithfulness to the gospel may put you in direct opposition to man. Faithfulness to the gospel may put you in direct opposition to man. And here's what Paul has said. is like you guys have started to adopt this doctrine or this theological belief about this stuff because you guys are far more focused on pleasing men than you are pleasing God. And he says, if I'm trying to seek the approval of man, then I cannot seek the approval of God. If I'm trying to please people more than I'm trying to please man, then I'm going to fail when it comes to pleasing God. And that has far more ramifications and implications for my life than it does being at odds with someone because of what I believe. I don't want to be at odds with God on anything, right? I shouldn't want to be. I want to do and say and know exactly what God has to say on certain things. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 says, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. I speak up. I'm an advocate of believers speaking up about all kinds of things. The voice needs to be heard. The Bible needs to be heard within all these issues. So we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. I speak with the idea of the things that I'm going to say are meant to please God, and that doesn't mean they're meant to please you. And a lot of times when I speak up about a certain issue or a certain topic or a certain thing that's taking place in in our world or in someone's life, it may please God, but it may displease someone else. Colossians 3, 23-24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord, and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. I speak up for the Lord. I work for the Lord. The things that I do are for Him in order to please Him, to lift up His name. I think that's kind of, again, what was mentioned this morning if you were in Sunday school. like The end goal, the end purpose of all of these things is to do what? To lift up the name of Jesus all of it is to lift up the name of Jesus. The reason why we meet this morning is to lift up the name of Jesus I pray that's why it is. The reason why we have a time where we look into His word is to lift up the name of Jesus. The reason why we sing songs is to lift up the name of Jesus. The reason why Jesus has given you the job that He has given you and put you in the place that He has put you in is to lift up the name of Jesus. The reason why you are at the school that you are in is to lift up the name of Jesus. The reason you're a part of the family that you are a part of is to lift up the name of Jesus. All of those things are to lift up the name of Jesus, not to lift up my name. Or not to elevate me or some idea or some thought of something. Galatians chapter 6, in verse 12, he says, It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. There you go. Paul tells us here's the reason a lot of times why people are more focused on the opinions or thoughts or pleasing man than they are on the opinions or thoughts or pleasing God is because they are crippled by fear of what people may think or what people may say or what people may do. Because what what if someone disagrees with me? What if someone takes the theology that I have from the Scripture and calls me a certain name that I don't like? What if I lose a friend? Over this? What if I displease someone? What if, because of a thought that I have, God moves me up and takes me to another place? Right? Because, well, what do we like? We like to know what people think. We like for people to be pleased with us. We like to know what tomorrow is going to bring. And a lot of times, when you stand up for the truth of the gospel, you may not necessarily know the outcomes of a lot of this. Paul tells us here's church, here's the reason why. You have decided to change your doctrine about this because you are afraid of what's going to happen. You're afraid of what's going to happen if you stand up for the truth. You're afraid of what's going to happen if you speak what Jesus wants you to speak. You're afraid that people are going to start to persecute you because of what you believe in Jesus. Anyone ever been there before? Probably all of us. We've been afraid of what's going to happen because we have this belief about this. And here's one of the things that I can tell you. If you read throughout the rest of the New Testament, the closer we get to the very end, the worse it's going to get anyway. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of what people, and I'm telling you this because this is something I'm still struggling with. Even as I, as, as I give you this message, just for instance, even as I give you this message, my brain is, is running a million miles an hour trying to remember all the things that I need to teach you, but here's one of the things that the devil is telling me right now. You see some of their faces, they don't necessarily necessarily like what you're telling them. Even now, as I give you a message about not thinking about what people think, one of the things I'm thinking about the most is what do you guys think? Sounds silly, doesn't it? But that's how this works, that's how the devil works. He wants me right now to be more concerned about what you think about this than what God thinks about this. you know the hours that you put into that this week, Sam, that God's been teaching you and telling you exactly what to say and he's revealed this to you and shown you this in Scripture? That doesn't matter in comparison to what these people think. That's how the devil works. And he's not going to stop. And this is is what's been freeing to me is to know that the devil isn't going to stop. This isn't something that I'm going to figure out today and I'm giving you this message and I'm going to be able to figure it out and I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to probably struggle with this for the rest of my life. It, it reminds me one one of the messages that I, I prayed about speaking to you guys was in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul pleads right to, for the thorn in the flesh to be taken away from him. And, and what does God say? Nope, I ain't going to do it. Here's what I will tell you is that my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So basically what he'd tell them is like this, that's there for a reason, and it's going to stay there for a reason, because I want people to look at you, and I want people to see me. I want people to understand it's not Paul, it's Jesus. It's not what you can do, it's what I can do through you. And I'm not going to take it away automatically, I'm going to allow it to stay there, because it's allowing you to be taught to trust more in me. And this is exactly what God is teaching me through this. This is allowing me to trust more in God and to realize, man, it is all about him. If I haven't figured it out already, God's teaching it to me right now. And if you haven't figured it out already, you can't do anything without Jesus. I can't either. I cannot get up here and share with you guys on Sunday mornings without the help of Jesus. And I wouldn't want to even try to do it without the help of Jesus with the idea of I'm trying to please him more than I'm trying to please people. In John 12, verse 42 through 43, it says this, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. So they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. It's a group of religious leaders who thought, man, this stuff Jesus is teaching is pretty good. I think I even believe it. But I know if I believe it, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to lose my seat in the synagogue. Basically, what was going to happen is to confess Jesus as Lord and that I believe in him meant my entire life was going to change. And I want you to know that this is happening all around the world today. That people are confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. These missions videos we show you aren't just because we show them once a month and it's a cool idea, but because we want you to hear what's taking place in these far-reached places, unreached places, is that people confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, they lose family, they lose job, they lose their social standing, and they have to go somewhere else a lot of times in order to escape with their lives. That's what it looks like to be more concerned with pleasing God than pleasing man. Paul refused to change his message in order to please people. And this is exactly what we must do as well. The key to walking in the truth and staying within the truth is finding our delight in Him, in Him alone. Paul says this in Philippians 4, through 12 He says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance, and need. He says, if I have a lot of stuff, I'm content. I delight in Jesus. If I have nothing, I'm content, and I delight in Jesus. If I'm at home, I'm content, and I delight in Jesus. If I'm in prison, I'm content, and I delight in Jesus. You see how that attitude allows us to be focused on Jesus 24-7, regardless of what happens to us? Is that my delight is in him above anything else. I find my satisfaction, my contentment, my joy, my hope, my peace in Jesus Christ alone, not in anyone else. There's one person who is never going to fail you, and it's Jesus. Jesus. People are going to fail you. As as much as I love my wife and kids, guess what? I'm going to fail them. I'm going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen because I'm not perfect, they're not perfect, you guys aren't perfect, but we serve a perfect God. And if I find my delight in him, he will never disappoint. Lastly, I think maybe and most importantly, is that the world needs you to stay faithful to the word of God. The worst thing that any of us as believers can do for the world is to compromise on any scripture, or to change the message of any scripture. I would hate to know that because I didn't speak up, someone may have never heard the gospel. Or someone may have had a false understanding of what the gospel actually means and what it actually is. Matthew chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, Jesus says this. He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Christian, it's time to speak up. Some of us have been quiet for far too long. And I'm not even talking about necessarily like social issues specifically. I'm talking about just sharing Jesus with people because we've been crippled by the fear of what people may think of us. I want you to think in your mind, when's the last time you've shared Jesus with somebody? I'm not talking about you just prayed for them, or maybe you've just shared a scripture on Facebook or something. I'm talking about that you've actually made it a point to share Jesus with someone. I hope you can say, well, I've done done that pretty recently, and here's what happened. I hope that it's not, well, I, off the top of my head, you want that? I can't really remember. <coughs> or, or maybe that, that you've given your opinion, or God's opinion, about a certain issue or a certain topic, and you've given it from Scripture, of what the Bible has to say about something. I don't think we need to be quiet. I don't think this needs to be a place where we just huddle up together We hear a message, and we stay quiet. I think we need to leave this place as loud, and if they want to call us obnoxious people, then that's okay. We go and we tell people about the love of Jesus. We go and we tell people about what God has to say about certain things. If I truly believe, listen, if I truly believe this is the best thing for myself, and if this is the best thing for other people, why would I not go and tell someone else about it? I think a couple years ago I watched a video by, anyone ever heard of the guys Penn and Teller? All right, they do these like magic things and they're pretty cool guys. One of them is, is an atheist and he's pretty outspoken about his atheism. But he had a guy at one of his shows, and I remember watching this video and he's talking about it. He had a guy at one of his shows come up and say, listen, man, I, I know you're an atheist, I know what you believe, but I want to give you a Bible. And he was taken back by that, because he was like, you would think, as an outspoken atheist, I would have a lot of people come up and doing that, right? But he's like, no, it stood out to me, because he said this, if you really believe in the God of the Bible, if you really believe there is a heaven and a hell, if you really believe there are consequences for our sin, if you really believe all of those things, and if you believe in a God of love who calls us to love, What is one of the most hateful things you can do for someone? To not tell them. Just simply to not tell them. But if you believe in a God who is loving, and if you believe that God has called you to love, and if you believe in the Bible that it holds the keys to life, and if you believe in heaven and hell, if you believe that the consequence of sin is death, and if you believe that there are people that can spend eternity apart from God, the most loving thing that you can do for them is tell them that there is hope, and his name is Jesus. And I honestly think the reason why that doesn't take place more often, and the reason why it hasn't taken place more often in my life, is because I have been terrified of what people are going to say. I've been scared of what people are going to think of me if I tell them about Jesus. And I know, you're like, well, you're a pastor, but I'm also human. I I can be scared of what people think or what people say, and it's something that God is teaching me to stop. Stop being crippled by fear. Stop being concerned more about what people have to say. Start being more concerned about whether or not God is pleased with me. And if I'm concerned more about whether or not God is pleased with me, I'm going to be the man that God needs me or wants me to be for the community and the lost people around me. I don't know necessarily how God has taught you this morning through this. I know what God's been teaching me, and I feel like it was a lot just packed into 30 minutes for you. Maybe you've got more questions about it. Good. I'd love for you to come up and ask me more questions about the sermon. Or say, hey, can you go in a little bit more with that? That would, Nothing would thrill me more than to have you ask questions about the message. But I don't know how God's speaking to you, but I know he is, because the scriptures apply to all of us. And if you feel like you've got Galatians chapter 1 mastered, then more than likely you don't. And God's speaking to you somehow, and I don't know how it is. But I want you to spend just a moment in prayer. We've got a little bit of time. Spend a moment in prayer. Don't be worried about lunch or making it to wherever you need to go. We've got a little bit of time, right? Just pray and ask God, God, however it is he's been speaking to you, confess it to him. Maybe you need to ask for his strength and wisdom and guidance. Whatever it is, you just spend a moment with God. I'll close this in prayer. The musicians will come. We'll sing our closing song of worship together. And I pray that you have a great rest of the afternoon. But don't leave before you spend some time with God and allow him to speak to your heart. You take this moment. And pray now. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for how challenging it is. Every time, every time I read it, it challenges. It encourages. It convicts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know how to speak to each of our hearts. And you know what every single person is needed here this morning. I pray that we've heard your message. We've listened. We've allowed you to change our hearts and shape and mold us to look more like you, Jesus. Lord, may we not be fearful people. May we be bold and courageous. May we teach your truth with gentleness and love, but also teach your truth the way that it is you want to be taught. God, we pray for our world as we reach out to our community around us and the world in which we live in that we'd see people's lives changed, we'd see people saved, and we wouldn't be afraid to take the gospel to the very ends of the earth. Lord, I pray for us as well, as we live in a world that has different opinions about certain topics and issues, and we live in a world that, that quite honestly, we're going to hear more of it, because we live in a political society who talks about all of these things. But we as believers need to stay true to the Bible. I pray that you'd give us the boldness and the courage to do just that. Lord, for us to know what the Bible teaches about certain things, that means we have to read the Bible and figure out what it is teaching us on certain things. So I pray for us that we'd study your word, we'd invest time into your word, we allow Holy Spirit for you to teach our hearts about every single topic or issue that we could think of. Lord, we just worship you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you've said to our hearts. May we leave this place knowing we've been with you, Jesus. We thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.